You are listening to the first ever Paul and Jenny podcast. We have a show on The Zone at 91.3 from 2 and 6 p.m. on the weekdays. But if you happen to miss our show or you just want to hear more of it, that would be why you come to our podcast. We'll be giving you the highlights, extended versions, and just all-around shenanigans that goes on in the afternoon zone. So on this episode, we'll be giving you the real scoop on the justice pricing scandal. We'll actually be talking to the mastermind behind it all, Shiraz Higgins. We'll also be chatting with Australian artist Amy Shark. We've been playing her song Adora a lot on the radio station. We'll be talking about cat calls, whether or not they should be illegal, gross things that you do in your car. And we ask zoners what to text next. So here it is. This is the first ever Paul and Jenny podcast. Thank you for listening. How's it going there, Jen? Oh, it's all right. How are you? Yeah, good. I had a uh, McMuffin from McDonald's this morning. A McMuffin from McDonald's? Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's just the way I say those things. It's Mick weird, right? from McDonald's? A McMuffin from McDonald's? A McMuffin from McDonald's? McMuffin from McDonald's? McMuffin from McDonald's? Wow. Jenny was a robot all along, and that's what it took to explode her. So Dylan and Jason this morning were talking about how France is considering making catcalling illegal. And uh, the, their discussion was whether or not we should do the same here in Canada. And Paul, I have a question for you. Have you, have you ever been catcalled? Have I? Yeah. Yeah, I have been, yeah. Yeah? How did, what, what happened? Well, I'm sure it was like, I don't know. That's different, though, for a guy, right? right. It was probably just a joke, and it was whatever, and I'm a giant 240-pound man. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter to me. The question's not about me, Jen. It's about, have you ever got catcalled? Oh, yeah, like most days when I'm walking down the street. Most days? I would say, yeah, it happens quite frequently. That's brutal. Especially if I'm walking downtown at night. That's a prime time for people to decide to do a drive-by catcall. Horrific. Which usually includes some, you know, kind of like almost like sexually charged phrase that they want to throw at you and then drive away without any consequence. But the consequence is you make someone feel incredibly uncomfortable. And I don't understand the intentions of it. Like, what do they expect to happen after they catcall a woman on, or a male on the side of the street, you know? Like, say, like, hey, look at those legs. Yeah. What would you like me to do with that information? Okay, great. So now you were seeing me as a, a sexual object, and now I feel gross. Yeah. Thanks. What's the best, though, is when uh, they drive by, and then they stop at a red light, and their window's still open, and I go up to them and be like, hey, sir, what was that that you said to me back there? Do you want to say it again? And they Did usually roll up the window and try to ignore me. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorites. Um, yeah. Catcalling is like... I feel like a very cowardly, horrible thing to do for a guy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine, though, that on the other end, it's quite scary, like or it can be scary. Um, this happened in Vancouver when I was at the SkyTrain, and it started with a cat call, but he was standing like right by me. Then he started walking towards me and continued to talk in the same kind of sexually charged way, and yeah. it turned into almost, you know, 
a scene and I had to run away and get a security guard. So when that sort of stuff leads to something that could be way more serious, there is this real like negative feeling that females get when that sort of stuff happens to them. So if you are someone who catcalls, you're not getting anything good out of it. You're making someone feel uncomfortable. And I would 100% say just rethink it, take a deep breath. And, and don't say anything. Things will be better for everyone involved. You're talking right now specifically to catcallers, which are, I think, second cousin to, uh, you know, like a criminal almost because the way you're making someone almost feel like that. But what I want to talk to is the people who support. And I don't get it. And like you said, Dylan and Jason had this whole thread on Facebook today in a conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, women, too, chiming in and saying like... Oh, it's a compliment. If you don't like it, then just ignore it and all this. It's just like, hey, hey, hey. No, there's a difference between a compliment and harassment, though. Yes. If someone comes by and says, you look great today. Okay, that's fine. Thank you. Uh, But, I mean, I don't know why you need to comment on my appearance because it's none of your business. I'm not doing this for you. My appearance is for me and not anyone else. But, um, like, the catcalling apologists, I'm just like, I don't know. That's what I really don't get. mm -hmm. I just, I feel like. You know, if we kind of, as a society, can kind of like get rally together and just be like, no, 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 this is, you know, the people who are the victims of this do not like it. Okay. So whether you think it's a compliment or not or whatever, the people who are being catcalled, it's scary and it's not cool. Yeah. I guess the main question is, should we see it as a criminal offense and should people be charged for it? I think right. that's what France is doing right now or, or trying to pass. And I'd be interested to, to hear what you would think about this. You can text us or call us at 250-475-0913. Hey, the zone, not even threat. I think a law isn't going to help. What really would take is just to go up to somebody and say, you know, you shouldn't do that. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> just make that person feel like a complete idiot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's definitely that's something cool. that, that I do when it happens to me is I've learned to um, give them some back talk. And tell them that it makes me feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, a lot of girls don't have that ability yet and, yeah. and kind of get um, kind of crippled in, in that feeling of like, I don't know, what, whatever. That, that, being scared I even, in that moment? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's scary. It is a scary thing and it's a hard thing to explain. But I remember like when I was 15 and it first happened to me, I was just dead silent and started crying because I didn't know how to deal with it. So it's like, yes, me now, I'm confident in myself and I can talk back to people, but there are those people who are scared and can't talk back quite yet. Intimidating. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So, And I also feel like, Sobo guy, what a law is, is we as a society getting together and, as you say, wagging our fingers in the faces of these people and saying, you shouldn't do that. We're not going to have a you shouldn't do that brigade that goes around you know, chastising people who say, do a murder. You shouldn't do that. No, just put that person in jail. That's what a law is. Yeah, that's right. That's a good point. Well, I did have one thing. A a guy I know did this. He grabbed some girl's butt, and I was with him at the time. We were in a bar or something, and I turned around, I looked at him, and I grabbed his ass as hard as I could, and Uh, I left Barks. I said, how does it feel? And he's like, well, no good. And I said, there you go. You feel violated? So does she. We just got a text message from Zoner Forrest saying that his friend tried to catcall a group of girls while in his passenger seat. So, Forrest, what happened? He just picked him up from uh, kind of a night out while they were partying or something like that. And he, he just rolls down the window and yells out. And almost right away, I just pulled over right in the middle of town, kept his window locked down. I'm like, no, that, that doesn't fly. Either you get out or you apologize right in front of him. <laughs> So what did he do? He, like, denied it at first, try, kept him trying to roll up his window and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then I was just like, no, then you can get out. So finally he actually apologized and uh, 
I drove off. They kind of just laughed at him. What do you reckon? You know your friend. Like, why do you? Why did he do that? Like, was he? Is just he just like one of these kind of? I don't know. Maybe like a little sexually frustrated and wanted some attention. Wanted to like steal attention from girls. Is that what it was? No, he's just impulsive. He he had a couple of drinks in him, and he was just thinking he was having fun or something like that. Right. And then no. Mm-hmm. This is my point again too about you know it's like this this cat calling apologists. You know, that think like, oh, it can be all in good fun. And so then this guy has a couple of drinks and thinks, I'm having fun. I'm a fun guy right now by doing this. I'm, you know, engaging with them in a fun way. And they don't realize how crummy it is to do that to people. No, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, good on you, man, for taking a stand against it. I think, like, it takes more of that for sure. Oh, yeah, it definitely hasn't done it again. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes it just takes one person talking back. Uh, for people to change their behavior. So good for you, man. Well, I think more people should do it. It's like, I don't want my car to be seen with people catcalling, and that's not that's not okay. Well, yeah, if it, especially if it's something that you are firmly against to have that associated with you now is, is a negative thing. Absolutely. Mm. I think I uh, remember the great poets TLC <laughs> saying that it was a scrub who was hollering from the passenger side of their best friend's ride. <laughs> I told you one of my favorite recent things that happened like in the catcalling world is yeah. in the latest season of Letterkenny, which is my favorite show. Mm-hmm. There's this great scene where like Jive and Pete, who's this guy in town, right? Honks at the hero's sister and scares her and then hollers at her, right? And then laughs at her. And then at the end of the episode, the hero of the show named Wayne punches out Jive and Pete and he puts his hand under his boot and then he lifts him up by his hair and then he tells him to say him as he's sorry. Say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Don't honk at girls. And don't holler at girls. And don't talk to them when they're not interested in talking to you. And don't talk to them unless they're interested in talking to you. 10 4. Over and out. That's such a simple <laughs> thing, right? And that's, that's popular, right? It's just like, this is the most popular show in Canada right now. Yeah. And here it is. And this guy, like, getting this message out in such a simple way. Don't holler at girls <laughs> and don't talk to them unless they're interested in talking to you. Take that on us, everybody. Hey, yeah. all guys, take it on. Listen to your hero Wayne from Letterkenny. No? <laughs> yeah. So the big topic in the morning zone and in the afternoon zone is the government wants to know how you want to purchase your weed. It's a worthy discussion to have. But you know, Jen, however they're going to do it, I hope we can keep the good old days version of how you used to buy weed. Mm-hmm. Like when a sketchy dude would come to your house and then want to sit around and smoke most of the weed with you. And play video games for a while. Not take the hint. Stay way too long. Then you have to have that awkward conversation that you need to make dinner and have him leave. Let's hang on to that. I treasure those moments. All right, so we kind of got ourselves into this little segment called What to Text Next. What to Text Next? Oh, sorry. What is that? What? (laughs) What? I'm just let's over do it together. Let's just like okay. like we're gonna One, do it for real. One, two, three. What, what to text, text next? <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Paul, I have been living vicariously through my friends through Tinder because I, I think it's just fun to hear stories and like give advice and mm-hmm. swipe for them. <laughs> now, one of my friends, they uh, they went on a few dates with a guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they had their you know first date. It went very well. There was a lot of chemistry. Okay. And uh, then they had the second date, and uh, they finally hooked up. Well, okay. not finally. That's pretty quick to hook up, in my opinion, but they did. <laughs> and she said it was the most awkward 
thing. Oh, no. Yeah, so she's asking me what what she should do. And this has kind of been what I've been dealing with all morning is oh, like wow. these texts back and forth. Of like, what should she do? Because she got a text after that night yeah. that said from him, had fun last night, winky face. Oh, yeah, that's not so bad. My question is like, what should she text back? Well, I'm glad you brought this to me because... Because, you, you know, you have had experience dating people. Sure. And I'm a poet. Okay, what would you text back? Okay. I mean, she wants to, you know, hook up with him again. Yeah. She wants to, like, see it's if like, it's, like, it can work. Okay. What I would say is, hey, man, I don't know about you, but, I, you know, it's like, be super straight. Yeah. Like, okay. I don't, I don't know if that hookup was, it was like a dud. <gasps> Just, like, say that, right? Just, like, look, it was a dud. And then be like, luckily, I dig you big time, and practice makes perfect, and when can we fire it up again, big shooter? What? That's what I would text that, That's so insulting. No, if I got that, if as a dude, I would be like, yeah, you know what? That was, that was a rough one. I'm glad she said it. Okay. Okay. And, uh, but I would love to fire it up again. And if you end it by saying big shooter, that's nice. Okay. No, that's not nice. That's, yeah, demeaning. (laughs) Right? And so if she, but that's straight. Okay. Well, what would you say? I would, um, I think I would not text back. I would call him Mm. and say that I wasn't into it and that we should just be friends. If I feel like it's important to have, you know, some chemistry in the bed and stuff. Okay. Okay. Anyway, those are the two options, you know, that we could send back to her. We should like get what see what zoners think. I want to okay. kind of like a do with like me versus you on this. Who's the more, which one should it be? Okay. So yours was call him and end it and say that we're just going to be friends. Right. And mine is practice makes perfect. Big shooter. And do it again. All right. Hey, so your friend. I think what she needs to really decide for herself is it does she even like the dude? Like, is it even going to be worth her trying to pursue it? Yeah. Like, I totally get, like, the chemistry that, but first time jitters, that's a thing, right? Right? Is it? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Especially if you do dig someone, it makes you that much more nervous. So I think she needs to, she likes them, she's got to go for it if she doesn't. No, no harm, no foul. I feel like you know right away if you get feel awkward, if you feel like it's just not working, that she would just know that it's no good. And I think oh, that's no, what she's my trying. My husband, to- who we've been married for ten years, the first time we made out, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> was it? I was like, oh god, here I go again. But now I'm married. Ten years, two kids later. So oh. I don't know if you don't always know. Okay, so maybe she should give it another shot. I think so. Maybe stay out of the bed this time. Maybe just keep somewhere like conversational. Maybe to make out point instead. Yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe go to the top of Mount Tommy, maybe, you know, have a little make out stash no, over the right. clothes. Oh. You know. Over <laughs> <laughs> okay, the clothes. Okay, this here. is this is good. This is good <laughs> advice. Okay, hope she good luck to her. Uh, I just wanted to weigh in a little bit. Please. Well obviously, you know, it's an interesting situation because clearly from his text, he seems to be in a situation where he's trying to suss out how things went too. Right. Like that, that limited text to me sounds like someone who's trying to figure out from his end as well, like, where do we go from here? Clearly, that didn't go well. Right. Right? And I don't know. I feel like first times are rarely good. Okay. I don't know. Sometimes it happens and all the stars align, but, I mean, first hookup being good? Come on. Everyone's nervous and excited and no one knows what's happening. Lots going on. I don't know. I, I feel like first times usually aren't the best. Okay, so with that in mind, you know, your two options are, you know, Jenny says, just pull, shoot, right off the hop, just be like, okay, I'm done, you know, thanks but no thanks, let's be buds. I'm saying, uh, and in my exact words are, practice makes perfect, 
when do you want to fire it up again, big shooter, which text do you send, mine or Jenny's? Oh, well, I would send yours. Put that on the tally there. He's, he's putting but, tallies but, down. I'm putting tallies down. But what about big shooter, though? That's like... <laughs> the big shooter part is like, it could go one of two ways, right? That's one of those ones where it depends on the person. Right. Because right? it could totally be demeaning. It could also be kind of a funny joke. That's mostly what people are texting into is to like lose the big shooter part. But look it, if you're going to take mine, you got to take it all. Yeah, no, I, I'm okay with the big shooter thing, too, right? Like, if he can't handle that part anyways, then ditch him. <laughs> if he's if not a big shooter. A big shooter and someone's saying, I want to hook up with you again, like, <laughs> that's right. hello, that's fine. Like, exactly. if, that's, if you're that sensitive, well, I wouldn't be interested in you anyway. Yeah, so, hit the uh, pavement. So okay. he has donors, right? Of, of those two options, when you text someone back, uh, what do you like better? Do you want to know what the tally is? Yeah. Your message of just calling back and saying it's over kid got four messages mine big shooter or no got 21 whoa yeah okay well now i feel that your friend has to text him back i'm gonna write out like i said i've written it out so i'm gonna give that to you and your friend has to write back exactly what i said (laughs) okay she's probably not going to (laughs) this is fun though you know yeah like this are you bitter? I love, you sad? I love when everyone agrees with me. It's great. All right. Well, look at it. Right. Um, we should do this again. Like, if people want to text us or email us. If they need some advice. What to text next. Paul at thezone.fm or Jenny at thezone.fm. Yeah, absolutely. We'll tell you what to text next. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to text next. So we have a huge week for prizing in the afternoon zone. Very cool. First up, we've got Kings of Leon tickets to give away. Very cool. And on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, in the mixtape, I've got some Jay-Z tickets to give away. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. It's Paul and Jenny in the Afternoon Zone, and that was Vance Joy with a song called Lay It On Me, a young man who's actually playing over at the Vogue Theater in Vancouver. And opening up for Vance is a young lady named Amy Shark, who joins us on the Zone phone right now. Amy, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. No, I appreciate the time. Can I say, too, because it's been a little while since I uh, spoke with an Australian person. Um, it doesn't, oh, yeah? It doesn't surprise me that there's so much talent and so much good music coming out of Australia right now when I think about your national anthem, which I learned a few years ago. <laughs> and the greatest line in any anthem, my favorite to sing of, uh, like, even over my own anthem, that line, for we are young and free, we've golden soil and wealth for toil, our land is girt by sea. It's pretty awesome, like, isn't it? Like, I haven't heard it in a while, like, other than football matches, but yeah. just hearing you say the words like that <laughs> makes me, like, think, wow, it's actually really well written. Like, <laughs> I feel like being in a newer country, you get to learn from all the other old countries how to put together an anthem well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so are you in Vancouver right now? I am, yeah. I'm sort of, I just dropped my stuff off um, ready for the show tonight at Vogue. So, yeah. So how long is this tour for you? Well, it's kind of been nonstop because I've literally just finished my, no, I think a tour for my EP and I finished that in New Zealand and mm. went straight from New Zealand to here. So it's like, I think I'm going to be on tour for like, I, I don't even know, like three months or something like that because... Dance Joy. This this tour runs into a European tour that I'm going to that I'm going to headline, and then it goes into the Bleachers tour. So it's like wow, it's non. So I think it's like I don't know, maybe 40, 40 dates or something like that. Wow, that's amazing. Do you miss home? 
Um, I do. I love I love being home, but lately, like, because this is all pretty new to me, like, everything blew up really quickly for mm-hmm. me. So I'm really just enjoying seeing places and, you know, even Canada. Like, I was in Canada for, like, I lived here for, like, three months or something when I was a young kid. So I, I love this country so much. And to, now I get to come here and play music for, like, a dream. So That's amazing. Now, where in Canada were you living? Uh, it's actually in Newfoundland. Oh! <laughs> so... But I had family in Toronto and a couple of cousins that moved here to uh, Vancouver. So um, it's, it's awesome. Hopefully some of my family can come tonight. As you mentioned, uh, you know, touring with Vance Joy, touring with uh, Bleachers. I saw on your Twitter you were hanging out with chain smokers. No big deal. It <laughs> sounds pretty crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems like you're, I don't know, just meeting up and, and getting to tour and getting to play with a lot of uh, really cool artists and is there anyone or anything any like uh, experience that's really stood out in your mind in this relatively short amount of time since this whole thing has been blown up for you that really stands out as the coolest thing um apart from just playing shows where people are just so passionate about um my songs and stuff like that's that's just been such a an amazing feeling to have at every show but with with like celebrity type stuff is like I'm a big um, Blink-182 fan, and I got asked um, if I wanted to go out um, for dinner with, like, Tom and his crew, Tom, Tom DeLonge from the band, and that was, like, an amazing experience because, like, we just spoke about music, and I was asking him all these punk questions, <laughs> and um, it was it was really, really surreal. So that's probably been a highlight. Him and Lena Dunham. I'm a big Lena Dunham fan, and she's wow. been talking to me over Twitter and um <laughs> feel like she's she's kind of like checking in on me every now and then she's like you you know how are you You're doing good and she likes one of my songs called weekends and she's like i just saw it went gold in australia well done and i'm like she's like she's the sweetest that's very cool, yeah. Yeah. the afternoon zone with paul and jenny Now, you touched on uh, fans feeling so, uh, you know, kind of moved by your music. We actually get text messages a lot about your song, um, Adore. And I had one zoner, uh, that's what we call the listeners here at The Zone. Um, <laughs> she, she texted in and said, I love Adore so much, but every time I hear it, I have to pull over and cry because it hits me in the feels every time. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. It's weird how that happens. Yeah, like I, a lot of people, like the amount of messages I get, like you have no idea, like the, the amount of detail people write to me and they're just like, you know, I listen to Adore and, and I'm back now with my ex because, you know, I, I sent in the song and we've had dinner recently and we've like, we're now back together and then I've had other people that come to shows saying, you know, it's our song and, and, and we're going to have it at our wedding and it's, you know, it's so beautiful, like, and Obviously, when writing it, I never thought it would connect with anyone else because I was writing it just about me, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really cool. I've noticed that a lot of people are relating to it in different ways, but where did that song come from? What kind of place were you in when you wrote it? Um, it's, it's so... Because I get asked that question a lot, and it, and I, I'm trying to think about, like, the best possible answer, but because I've written so many songs in my life, it was just like an, a normal night, and I just was playing around with some chords and then um, I stumbled across the chords for Adore. And all the lyrics just came out so easily and I didn't even really do much editing. It was like just a play-by-play of a night out. And mm-hmm. it's, at the time, I thought, oh, it's, it's 
sounds really nice and, and it's quite a beautiful song. I'm really happy with it. But yeah, I never thought that, um, it, it, as a matter of fact, I thought the word adore, like I adore you, I thought, is that cheesy? And I waited for um, Shane to come home that night and he and I was like, hey, is this cheesy or is this amazing? <laughs> and he was like, I think it's amazing. And so I was like, yeah, I think it's quite beautiful. So I, I was just drawing from, you know, a couple of nights out that I had, um, you know, when I was just sort of out of high school starting uni. And a lot of my songs are like that. A lot of my songs are like just reminiscing on like fun times and romantic times and whatever. So I like uh, that you use the word adore because I find that uh, often people and young people especially, they kind of jump into the I love yous, you know, they just, they go, they go straight headlong into, I got to, you know, tell this person that I love them right away and it can be overwhelming yeah. or whatever. But there's yeah. a whole another bunch of words. You can say that you're so fond of them or you can say that, uh, that, you, that you adore them or whatever. And yeah. I think you've really brought that to a lot of people in a, in a powerful way with that song. Oh, thank you a lot. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of what I try and do is, you know, think outside of the box and you're right. I love you gets thrown around so often and in so many songs and it can be so draining and a lot of pop stars I listen to I'm like I don't even believe you I don't believe <laughs> that you're even you know in love with the person that you're talking about you know probably 15 other people wrote that song for you and it's like when you hear a song like Adore I think people are crying and they're relating to it because they know I wrote it from my heart and you can hear that in vocals and in, in everything in that song you can tell me to you know that I'm totally wrong and to shush if you need to, Amy. But um, and, I, and I haven't like studied in depth with the lyrics, but just from like listening to it and letting it wash over me a bunch, I also like just get like a little twinge of jealousy kind of in the song as well. Is that right? Or <laughs> you mean with the right hand slugger? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean like I I definitely probably wasn't your average girl I don't know like I, I remember dating a guy and I remember um, other girls wanting to date um, him and and it was like the, you know your first sort of love and, and you're very protective and you're just scared of your heart being broken I guess and yeah like every girl's got a lot of jealousy in them every now and then and that, I, I think it's perfect in the song because it just it only glimmers through it's only mm -hmm. like in the bridge and then it goes away and I think that's sort of me in a nutshell it's like every now and then it's like hey 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 like you know he's, he's my guy yeah. but then, it, then I'm not gonna you know like I talk about being a right hand slugger but I'm quite the opposite <laughs> um, you know it, it kind of sounded cool made me sound cooler right <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah yeah one yeah. more super duper quick question because uh, ironically <laughs> we added your song the same week as we added Jungle by Tash Sultana Oh, yeah, so cool. I'm like personally interested. Do you guys know each other? You two? Yeah, yeah, we definitely know each other. Like, um, I was actually supposed to. She texted me just before I was leaving for this tour, asking if I wanted to go for a beer, and I couldn't because I was stuck in the studio. So, like, we're yeah, we're we're, we're friends for sure. Amazing. Uh -huh. That's a stereotype about Canada that like everyone knows everybody else. And <laughs> yeah, it's like we're a big country, and I know that you guys, you know, Australia is a big country too. But yeah, totally. I mean, she's super talented. So, like, you know, we um, we definitely. Yeah, like we try and hang out when we can. Awesome. So. Good to know. That makes me happy. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for your time, really, Amy. Oh, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And once again, thank you so much for, you know, spreading my music around this awesome country. I really, honestly, I really appreciate it. All right. So I was driving in from Esquimalt today. And Paul, I probably saw at least like three people 
at the stoplight picking their nose. Actually? I don't know what it is about stoplights and people like that's the time that they want to do the picking, but yeah. it's almost every time I'm at a stoplight, someone is, you know, grooming themselves in whichever way, whether it's, you know, brushing their hair, doing their makeup, picking their nose. And uh, I'm just wondering, do you do you do that? Well, you know, yeah, I feel like maybe this can be a safe place and we can do some like, confession time. It's confession Confessions. time. <laughs> Publicino. Confessions. Okay. Yeah, I pick my nose constantly when I'm driving <laughs> the car. I drive an automatic car, right? Or truck. Right. So, yeah, I've got a free hand. Mm-hmm. I'm digging those bats and bears out of the cave. Absolutely. And I feel like the stoplight thing is because you see, that's where you get a chance to really observe the people around you. Yeah. Yeah, people be picking. All right. Jenny West? Yeah. Confess. I, uh, you see, the cars that I've had is almost impossible to, to get like grooming in the car. I had a scooter, which you can't, you know, necessarily bring a hairbrush with you, clip your nails, you know, while you're driving a scooter. Mm -hmm. I also drive a standard. So both my hands are, are usually, you know, being used in the stoplight. You know, I might go for a pick here and there, (laughs) but I'm not going to take out a hairbrush and like keep continue driving down the street on the pick. Note as well, can I just say, there's no better place to pick your nose than in the car because you can ball it up then and toss it out the window. You throw it into the ether of the world at large. All right, so you're not that stereotypical person who's doing their makeup or whatever in the car. You're not doing that? Okay. Can I do one more? Okay. Paul Pacino, confessions. (laughs) Yeah, I keep nail clippers in... The car and I... In the car? Yeah, and I've done done the nail clip in the car. Look, Do you do it out the window? Yeah, or like into my lap, and then when I get out next, I just kind of brush them all away. Look, sometimes you're on the go, and I hate having long nails. And when I realize that my nails need a trim, now. It needs to be done right now. Do you know that you can actually get fined for personal grooming in your car? That is part of the distracted driving fines. So, yeah, you can be on your phone, and you'll get fined for that because that's not cool. But also doing things like that, like clipping your nails while you drive, Paul, you're going to get slapped with a fine. Remember that picture that was going around of that girl who was curling her hair with a curling iron on the highway on the island? I feel bad because, like, girls have so much more stuff to do. I don't know how you get out of the house in less than an hour, right? I can get up and get out of the house within 20 minutes. Like, from dead asleep to in the truck, on the key in the ignition, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes, and I'm the most groomed I'm ever going to be. Right. I'm fresh, scrubbed with Dr. Broners. (laughs) But, like, for girls, yeah, of course. It's like you're running late. Of course you're going to have a kajiggered hair straightener that plugs into your... Lighter, I, yeah, I get yeah. it. Uh, I feel I for girls, and then like, oh, the line is there. Ooh, you're doing makeup in the car. <laughs> Ew, how dare you? Right? Yeah. We got some text messages. Uh, <laughs> one was, <laughs> I saw someone flossing their teeth while driving today. I have absolutely done that as well. What? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just so impressed that you floss at all. I've, I love a floss. It's a, it's like a by necessity thing, like. Ooh, we got a piece of popcorn in the old tooth. Yeah, yeah. I got this like wicked snaggle tooth. Mm-hmm. That is a trap. And the older I get, the more it snaggles and the more it just traps entire meals. I'll pull like a whole turkey out of there. <laughs> like it's just brutal. Um, and so, yeah, I carry with me, I have floss in my backpack at all times. Yeah. And I keep a thing of floss in the truck too because nothing will drive me crazy. I'm driving and there's just something in my teeth and I can't like. Ew. I'd, out of my teeth. And so I'd get the floss. Absolutely. I two hands. That takes two hands though. That's dedication. I'm a big time. When it's safe to do so, yeah. Steer with the knee. Oh, Will texted in and said that he likes to comb his beard while at stoplights. 
<laughs> I wonder if he's just brushing through his beard with his fingers yeah. or if he actually has a comb out that he digs out and combs it. It could be that. <laughs> yeah, a specialized beard comb. Um, Tyson says he likes to eat corn on the cob while driving. Stop, Is that not. distracted driving? Like you enjoy eating corn of the cob. I don't like eating it at home. I only like eating it when I'm driving. He's bullassing us. There's no way. There's I no would way. love to see that driving down the hallway and someone's just got a full on corn on the cob just mowing down on the Malahattan traffic. Because what I'm picturing is he's got his cup holder full of butter and he's just kind of doing that move where he rolls the corn <laughs> in the stick of butter and he's got like salt on the side and he's just sprinkling salt. Oh, oh yeah, right. Yeah. But I don't buy that at all. Look at eating and driving thing. I get it. I'll take down like a full plate of ribs. That was like the first thing I learned when I got my learners. <laughs> my mom's like, let's go to the drive-thru. You gotta learn how to drive with a Big Mac in your hand. <laughs> It's <laughs> so dangerous, though. Like, it's I'm just distracted driving. You can't get is. fined for that, and it's bad. Don't be <laughs> But, you know, we got busy God. schedules. Um, the no best way. thing I have to say, though, because, Paul, you were saying that you clip your fingernails while driving. Yeah, well. Yeah, or at okay. a stoplight, right? Stop, stoplight, yeah, yeah. Well, Ranger Gord from Chilliwack <laughs> sent us a photo of a guy clipping his toenails out the window while driving he had one leg out his driver's side window and his hand and he was clipping out the window while driving on the highway in Chilliwack okay listen I want to believe you Gord but it's like and it's what it is it's what the picture is but I don't believe a human being would need to cut their toenails so badly that bad. if I'm like oh shoot I got a hot day tonight I can't believe I let my fingernails get this long right I'll trim them at a stoplight but this guy's driving and doing his toenails put your shoes on <laughs> And deal with it when you get home, bud. Right? Uh, I posted that photo on our Facebook page. There is proof there. And if you want to confess what you do while driving, feel free to text in or post on our Facebook. Hi, the zone, not even through. I got one more traffic update. Oh, yeah, please, man. Smooth sailing on the Malahide. Yeah! <laughs> oh, no. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's my favorite traffic update. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. Appreciate it. Oh, goodbye. Hang up. Uh, Jenny West is here with me, Paul Bacino. Hello. Jason Lamb is also here for some reason. Hey. <laughs> and- <laughs> you invited me here. <laughs> okay. And uh, joining us, our guest in the studio right now is Travis Higgins. How are you, man? Oh, very well. This is the guy, the guy who is the mastermind behind the justice pricing. Or the idiot. <laughs> Whichever way you see it. Well, this is my, wanted to be my first question to you, man, is like, do you feel, and at any point in this whole shenanigan that happened here, do you feel like, Oh, boy, I really stepped in it this time. Because we know you love shenanigans. We know you love disturbing the S, but did you feel like you stepped in it at any point? There, I when mean, the death threats rolled in? Well, those weren't strictly real. Yeah, that wasn't. That that didn't happen. Um, that it, But the media likes death threats, mm-hmm. so it really helped push the story along. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I wow. mean, I knew, I planned everything that happened kind of from the get-go, so... There was times where I was surprised, but like my own reaction to it was a bit like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. Like, do I really want to do this? Like, mm. do I want to search my name on Google and have racist 
liar come up. Right. And there was times where I was like, oh, no, like, what have I done? And then I had to just get my ego in check and be like, look, this, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, like, let's just, this is funny. Like, there is, there was so much funny stuff that resulted from this. Obviously, there was serious stuff as well. And I think the serious stuff is important, too. But, I mean, it's a, it was ridiculous. It's a ridiculous stunt. And it, the, the fact that it worked is the most ridiculous part of all of it. Mm-hmm. I think right now there might be some listeners wondering what the heck mm. justice pricing is. So right. can we kind of go enough. back and explain what this whole thing is about and what we're talking about today? Okay, so what happened was I've got this web series coming out, Building the Room, and we're do- we were doing a screening for it, a premiere in Victoria. And I thought, well, how are we going to get people to like hear about this thing? And I was talking to my friend, and he was like, oh, you know, what if we put a foreign buyer's tax on it, right? Because that's a big kind of news issue right Very now. Topical, yeah. um, and and then we kind of were talking and we were like, oh, well, what about if we just charged white males and foreign buyers more for the first, you know, in the, for the for the tickets? Uh, and then we were like, well, let's, let's just do white males. That'll, that'll get people even more revved up uh, and it won't be seen as a joke right away. So we announced the screening and said we're going to charge... Everyone ten dollars, but if you're a cis white hetero male, you have to pay twenty dollars to come to the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he, the thing is, is that it's the craziest thing that it ever got picked up because the web series is about is a comedy web series yeah. about guerrilla marketing and comedy, right. and on the website it mentions explicitly that promotional stunts are part of the part of the web series, mm-hmm. um, but. No one cared about that because yeah. online media is click-based. Yeah. And so as long as they had a sick headline, which they did, which mm-hmm. was screening charges white males more, mm-hmm. that's all they needed. They didn't need to do any more research. I did interviews as a guy named Sid Muhammad who had nothing online about him except for a Gmail account. Yeah. And people interviewed me. I was yeah. all fake. Yeah. I mean, everything <laughs> was just a complete... I was l- just lying my head off to everybody. <laughs> and no one... Like, the, it was paper thin, but it all just kind of went crazy. And then I released more press releases, et cetera, et cetera. And it completely blew up very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it kind of goes to show just how... Uh, well, what kind of world we're living in right now and just how quickly people will jump to uh, get angry about this kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. that, you know, and without even doing the research and seeing that maybe, oh, maybe this is just a stunt or a joke. But what I like about it, my, let me just say yeah. this mm-hmm. real quick. What I like about it, whether you intended to or not, and I think you did intend to, but but uh, maybe not as much as it ended up being, but what is you really did bring out a very interesting uh, point, a poignant point for people. And and that is like, people got really dr- dramatically and seriously upset about this. White males did. Like, how mm-hmm. dare they? And we even, I remember last week, you and Paul, you were doing the morning show with me mm-hmm. and we had a person text and saying, this is no different than the Chinese head tax and uh, and black people being racially profiled, getting pulled over in traffic. And like, actually, it's totally different. This yeah. is about a movie ticket for a movie that none of these people even plan on seeing. Ever, yeah, so imagine... Yeah. You know, angry white male. Imagine dealing with that kind of discrimination daily just because of the color of your skin or your religion or what have you. That actually could threaten your life or safety. Well, something I was saying was like, look, you know, this is discrimination. It was a discriminatory pricing model for sure. And I mean, like, I was not shying away from that. I mean, we were never actually selling tickets. That's an important thing to to say. We never sold a single ticket under this pricing model, but no one cared again. Yeah. Uh, Because it's, you know reading and listening takes a lot of time away from writing angry stuff on Facebook and mm-hmm. your ego doesn't want you to be doing those kind of waste of time activities. <laughs> uh, that, that's the, the point is like, 
this is discrimination for sure. But at the end of this discrimination, it's like, haha, I was joking. And for a lot of people who face discrimination, it doesn't end with, aha, this was a publicity stunt. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you still are facing this in a day-to-day you know, realm. Hey, if you're interested, because maybe this is, you know, it's supposed to be publicity for this event. If you want to go and actually see the event rather than just chime in negative things on Facebook, building the room premiere, new date and after party because you did... New venue. New yeah, venue because you got kicked out. We got an after party. We've got the uh, lights and sa- uh, lights and uh, visuals guy from that did all of the Rifflandia stages coming and doing it for our DJs after the screening. So this is uh, Friday, October the 6th. This is going to be at the Victoria Event Center. Yeah, it's uh, it, the whole thing is just taking some of my favorite local comedians, putting them in a situation where we had to put a show on in 10 days, promote it locally using publicity stunts, and then fill a room, which is the apartment of wonderful genius Jimbo Incel. Well, as people are hearing you talk, Shraz, James wrote in and said, thank you, Shraz, for the brilliant lesson in critical thinking. Maybe you can talk to that, like how yeah. you saw it kind of unfold in people not or or were critical thinking. I mean, if there is a serious message from all this, which I mean, I guess there is, like I do still want it just to be funny, but there is mm-hmm. important stuff happening. And I, I think the real key thing is it's like, look, Online media specifically, but then it filters into all types of media, are running stories that are aimed at getting you angry and reacting. Mm. It is on us to change how that works by thinking critically and looking at a headline and not just reacting to it right away because it is aimed at your reaction. Realize when you feel anger when you read a headline, Mm -hmm. that is what they want you to feel. And I don't, you know, I'm not like fake news, fake news, Donald Trump style, but I Mm -hmm. do think that we really do need to do a hard audit of how we are consuming media because this stuff is very insidious and it begins to change the whole landscape of how we are, uh, you know, engaging with subjects. A perfect example of this is uh, somebody on Facebook uh, had posted a link to a um, a website called Rebels Media or something like that. And it was obviously, when you go on that site, very, very far-right, almost alt-right, almost racist website okay. with an article all about Shiraz's situation saying how the theater, this theater in Victoria, B.C., was was doing this justice pricing. The theater was doing this and, and discriminating against white males, which is absolutely false. We know the yeah. theater wasn't even involved in that. It was mm-hmm. Shiraz's thing. Mm-hmm. So that article alone was wrong and targeted towards a certain kind of person, right? right. Those kind of people reading that website, they're not going to do their research. Yeah. They're no. going to read that at face value yeah. and get angry and do whatever it is they're going to do. And imagine that blown up by a million, which is what's happening in the world. People are not, people are believing what they read and they're not taking the time to really go into it. One other amazing thing Rebel Media did is they put out a video sort of deconstructing the whole thing. And the guy, this like inbred old guy is like talking into the camera the whole time. And behind him, they put up an article on the screen where the headline was literally justice pricing a publicity stunt and he's still talking about it like it's a serious thing like it's on the screen behind him i don't like this stuff uh, my mind has been blown consistently by how stupid some of this stuff has gotten absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah we got one message in here saying uh that maybe the comedians in the production have also uh yeah because you said you're completely impervious you're invincible to pretty much 
to anyone kind of taking shots at you or whatever, you know, you knew it was a stunt and you know where you stand, but uh, do you feel like maybe it was a little rough on the other comedians? Yeah, and- that was a bad, that was a bad call not to warn them. That was stupid of me. I definitely should have told everyone in the cast instead of nobody in the cast oh. uh, that I was doing this because it was, uh, I mean, I think it's a pretty, it was a lot to mm-hmm. have them. I mean, on the other hand, their faces are all over the international news and my name is attached to the stupid pricing yeah. model. So, uh, you know, if you want to make a career in show business, there's a that's one way to start getting into Hollywood and stuff when your face is in the Hollywood Reporter twice because of this. So, I mean, there's a give and take to everything, but I did a poopy, poopy job of telling them about all of this. And I think most of them would have been down to clown if I'd actually like let them know gave them a game plan of sorts yeah if i'd not just run wild well because that's the thing too because you don't you like let everything kind of just like wash off your back you're not like affected by like the letters that you've gotten it seems you seem to just take it and just roll with it and it's kind of you know what you live for well it helped having a plan right like stage two where everybody is mad at me was a stage two right Mm -hmm. and i knew there was stage three where i unleashed the big 132 price (laughs) table that my cousin and i wrote where we used all of our history knowledge to try and create this crazy confusing table but i knew that was coming down the pipe and Mm -hmm. so it helped me get through stages where i was like this is pretty dumb like i cannot believe i am weighing in on this issue in this stupid and simplistic of a way yeah but, but you, and this is another message we got here too, is that, uh, this, I'm going to read it right from uh, Jesse wrote, uh, you managed to provoke exactly the reaction you wanted. Um, and he really uh, likes that you got people out of their comfort zone and make them see things in a way that they weren't prepared to. And that's the, kind of a common thread in the messages we're getting here is that uh, you're getting people thinking. And was I don't know, that's... I'm super nice little, glad that yeah, that happened. Like, and I wanted that to happen. Um, and, I, and you know, I mean, like that kind of message is like the perfect message where it's someone mm. who was initially very angry yeah. and then got the joke. I mean, there's still people who have no... I've had people be like, that justice pricing table looks like a punchline to a bad joke. And I'm like, yeah, it is <laughs> a punchline to a bad <laughs> <Exactly>. joke. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure you just nailed it on the head by accident. Um, I'd love to uh, chat with you again after the premiere, which again is on uh, Friday. October the 6th at the Victoria Event Center. Just kind of see how that all goes and what the reaction is. And hopefully it's like a room full of people who got the joke maybe from the first place Mm -hmm. or maybe came to get the joke and who love it and are there to kind of celebrate it. And so how that all goes. But I I want to just ask you now, where do you reckon um, this is going to impact you like in your life and your career and what you do? I mean, I don't know. Like, who knows? I I think it's going to be harder to get um, the Times calling us to run stories (laughs) that that about stuff. How much you lie to them? They're not that happy. Like, especially the journalist that I did an half hour long interview with as Sid Muhammad. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I mean... I don't know, whatever. Like, it's, you gotta just, I, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Like, try it out, see what happens. If people don't like me in town now, I mean, own like, too bad. It would be great <laughs> if we all got along, and mm. sometimes you gotta just, you know, separate the wheat from the chaff, I guess. This one guy at least who's <laughs> texting and says wants to buy you a beer. Thanks for the lesson. Shraz <laughs> um, Higgins, everybody. Thank you so much for making time and coming in, man. Thanks yeah, for thank having you. me. Appreciate it. Well, yeah. uh, you're always doing such cool things. I'm sure we'll talk to you again before uh, long. I sure hope so. I love my time in here. <laughs> so that wraps.
wraps up the first ever Paul and Jenny podcast. We release a new episode every Friday before midnight, but until then, you can catch us live in the zone at 91.3, Monday through Friday from 2 to 6 p.m. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.